Good morning, New Hope family. What a great day it is, and I'm so happy to see everyone that's here. And if you're online, welcome to New Hope 2 this morning. If you're visiting, we would love for you to um, text the number 704-459-5575 or fill out a, uh, a card at the back. That would be great so we can get in touch with you. I just want to see, say what a great day it is today and what a great day it was yesterday. Spring into Missions was such a wonderful event. I want to thank everyone that participated from the card writers that wrote and prayed here and the construction team that I know made a huge impact on um, that lady's life and the ability for her to get the insurance for her home. And they're still working this week. So thank you, construction team, for continuing that project in the next project. And the pancake breakfast was great. I know I had a wonderful time meeting kids and playing with them and so many people came out and helped in huge ways to get to know the people and talk to them and to serve them. So thank you all very much. Um, just a couple announcements this morning. This week is a busy week in New Hope. On Tuesday, there's the women's mission groups uh, meeting to meet to organize those groups. So that is Tuesday either at 9.30 or at 7, whichever one you can come to. And that says for women of all ages. So please come out to that. And women on Wednesday morning, it's th that time again to meet on um, Wednesday morning at I think 9. I need to look. 10.30. Thank you very much. 10.30 in the Hope Center for coffee, cake, and fellowship. And uh, one more reminder about the kids' ministry t-shirts. I'm putting the order in this week. So if you are going to be a part of Vacation Bible School or outreach events that we do like Trunk or Treat and um, Easter and Earl and things like that with kids, if you would, if you're able to get a t-shirt, if you would sign up today so I can get that order put in, um, I would like, I think it's just so welcoming to have everyone match and everyone know who is part of this church and um, the ability to come up and talk to you and it just feels more like a family, I think. So for you and your kids, um, if you'd sign up for those today, that'd be great. All right. If you could go with me to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, Abba, we praise your name this morning. We worship you. We ask God for forgiveness for the things in our hearts. We repent to you, Lord. And we thank you that you've given us that, that ability to do that. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending him to show us, to teach us who you are, what you expect. And for the ability for us to, for, to have forgiveness so that we can be with you. We are so grateful, Lord. We ask that you prepare each one of us separately because we all came in, Lord, coming from a different home and a different life and, and different places. And we ask that as we're here, Lord, that you prepare us for your words that you have. For the teachings of Pastor Us, we pray that you, that you engulf him in your spirit so that he can proclaim your news to us, your words, your teachings we pray protection over him as he, as he constantly prepares and prays for us and guides us and teaches us. Lord, we pray for the worship team as they lead us in this time of worship, Lord, that you will surround them with your spirit so that they can 
portray that to us and they can worship you because, Lord, we are each to be held accountable for how we pray and how we worship and how we learn and what we do. So, Lord, I pray that each of us takes that very seriously this morning and and comes before you in worship and in praise and in thanksgiving. Oh, how we love you, Lord. And we give you this day. And in your name we all pray. Amen. Is that part of your thought? 
today is pursuing holiness and trying and thinking about being more like God. Well, you might say, I, holy, I can't be. I can't be holy. But folks, if we're in Christ, God calls us to be holy. In, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses, uh, uh, verse 15, it says, But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do, not just sometimes or some days or in some circumstances. It says, be holy in all that we do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And if we are in Christ, we are pursuing that holiness. And that verse is a reflection of Leviticus chapter 19 and actually a couple of passages in, in, in Leviticus. But Leviticus 19 verse 2, the Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, Make every effort, make every effort to be holy. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Why? Because it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's a powerful statement right there. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You see that holiness and that pursuit of holiness is an indication of our changed heart, of our truly changed heart. We had a conversation yesterday, some of us around, uh, I guess, the griddle as we were making pancakes, you know, a, a true uh, conversion, okay, means a changed life from that point, uh, point on, from that moment on. Uh, you know, and, and it's not about necessarily once saved, always saved. You get baptized and that's it. You go live life any way you want to. No, it's once saved and you're baptized, then true change comes about in our heart and you're, the, there's evidence in your life. You're living for the, for the Lord. There's, there's uh, fruit of the Spirit that's, that's, that's developed in your life and played out in our life. That is a show if we, if we follow after the Lord. It's an example of a changed heart. And so here, God is calling us to be holy. And when we're pursuing that holiness, it's showing the world, it's showing ourselves, it's showing God that, that indeed that change has taken place. They were in a process of change, but we look throughout history and in every generation, people have, have appeared to be holy. We find people throughout history who, who put on that outward facade of, of holiness. They appear holier than thou and, and speaking all the Christianese, you know, the big Christian words that we, that we say and we, we speak of in church. In the Old Testament, the Pharisees, and, and, and the, the leaders of the churches tried to follow all the rules, but they failed. They couldn't, they couldn't follow all the rules. Some uh, tried to follow the rules of the diets and the festivals and, and the rituals, but they failed. Others refused to eat or bathe, and that certainly wasn't good for anybody, was it? They failed. They would make a, a vow to poverty or or on the flip side, dress in very elaborate uh, and, and expensive clothing and attire. 
Or maybe they would pray boisterously, drawing attention to themselves, where people would, would look at him and say, Oh, can't they pray so good? They must be filled with the Spirit. But a true Spirit filled prayer is from the heart, isn't it? It's not loudly reciting words. You see, in all of, man, all of man's attempts, uh, man's going to fail. Man has failed and, and will fail. Mankind cannot make himself holy. Only God can make one holy. The term holiness means to be, to be set apart or, or sacred, pure in the sight of God. Folks, everything begins with God. The, the center of our faith begins with God. If we don't believe in God, we can't believe the Bible. If we don't believe the Bible, we can't believe in God. If we don't take the Bible for what it is and for what it says, and we take the, the worldly's teachings here and there, then we don't believe the Bible. We believe parts of the Bible, and that's what not, it's not what God says. God says you believe all of it or none of it. You believe all of it or none of it. And so we, we know God by by knowing His Word and, and studying His Word. And we, we have to believe God and believe in God's Word. You see, His, His Holy Word re reveals God to us and it shows His purposes for us. And we discover, we discover that purpose and we, 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 we discover His will when we are relentlessly pursuing God chasing after that holiness in our life. The prophet Isaiah says in, in, in Isaiah chapter 6, a familiar verse to some, it says in the Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of His robe filled the temple, Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. That's me. You see, Isaiah says, Isaiah saw. Isaiah saw the, the throne of the Lord, and all things became clear to him. He was then able to put things in perspective of who he was. He saw the Lord in all of his glory and, and he was awestruck and, and overwhelmed. He was, he was completely humbled by the greatness of God and the smallness of who he was. Their seraphim, it says, were, were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The earth is filled with his glory. You see, that was the only way that they could describe the fullness of God. You see, when they were, when, when they were crying out, holy, 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 those three recitations of holy were, a, were saying that God was complete. That there was nothing else, that He was perfectly pure, that, that there was nothing else that could be added to Him. Holy, 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 that is God, the Lord Almighty. 
there's nothing else that can be added to him, nothing more that they can be added or taken away, than nothing else and nobody to compare him with. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. He was perfect in every way. And when Isaiah encountered God, he was faced with the realization of his own carnal sinfulness. When he was looking at the, at the pureness of God, he realized the sinfulness of himself. He felt exposed, you might say, and naked, and he was, he was confronted with his own moral inadequacies. Again, God was perfect. And looking at himself in comparison to God, he saw himself as a sinful man that he was. R.C. Sproul writes about that particular passage. He says, for the first time in his life, Isaiah understood who God was. And at the same time, for the first time, Isaiah understood who Isaiah was. I wonder if we understand who God is. And I wonder if we understand who we are. When we begin to compare ourselves not to our neighbors, the person sitting beside you, but in comparison to God. You see, Isaiah knew he was, it was revealed to him of just the ugliness that he was in the eyes of God. And, and that encounter with the majesty of God changed his heart. Have our hearts truly been changed like that? You know, sometimes we, we, we view the Christian life as only doing good things outwardly. People seeing doing good things and doing good works, but God wants us to change from the inside out. God doesn't want us to put on a, a show from, for everybody else to see. He wants to see that change from our hearts. Yes, those good deeds should reflect a, a life that's being transformed by the Spirit. And 2 Corinthians tells us that, that if we're in Christ, that we're a new creation, that our, that our old ways of thinking, our old ways of doing, our old ways of being is gone away. That we're a new person, we're a new creation, led by Christ, led by the Holy Spirit in our life. It's one thing, again, to do good deeds in the world. It's another thing to have those deeds come from a heart that's surrendered to the Lord and done out of the motivation of the Holy Spirit and our love for God. And so when we're looking at that, we've got to take a minute and pause our life and pause our thoughts and our hearts and begin to just examine ourselves, to, to evaluate our life, to look at our, our lifestyle, the unrepentant sin in our life, and we have to be brutally honest about that, about what's going on in our life. The waywardness from Christ, the waywardness in His teachings. Our obsession with the world and the worldly things were versus the things of God. And see, when we're living in sin and, and yet continuing in sin, 
we're not pursuing holiness in our life. When that unrepentant sin is still there and we still try to live life, we're not pursuing holiness. We're not pursuing God. We have to get rid of that sinfulness in our life. And so is there sin? What is that sin in our life this morning? What is it that we can name this morning that's keeping us from pursuing God the way that we should? Are we, are we involved in, a, in an inappropriate relationship, a sinful relationship? Are there, are there activities we're involved in that are, that are outside God's boundaries that we know aren't right? But nobody else knows about them, so hey, we're okay. You see, God knows about them. And He wants that to, to be a burden on our hearts until we come to the point of confessing it to Him and repenting from that. Are we doing things that we know just isn't right? You see, whatever that is in our life, God wants us to get rid of it. God wants us to overcome that and conquer that and give it to Him and be done with it so that we can pursue Him so that we can pursue God, so that we can pursue the holiness that He calls us to. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament alike, God's people are called to pursue holiness. And Leviticus says, Be holy, for I am holy. In 1 Peter he says, As who who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. All of our conduct. All of our activity. You know, when we think or we hear the words like holiness and sanctification, we might think of saintly people who never fail or, or do anything wrong. Well, there, there, there is nobody like that except for Jesus. Amen? But to sanctify means to be, to be holy or to be made holy, to be made set apart. The separation and apartness as believers is to be set apart from the world and set apart for Christ. Think about the Old Testament. Israel was, was a holy people because they were, they were a separation to God from the other nations. Were they holy all the time? Absolutely not. They, you know, you read through and there's a common theme. They were just complainers and gripers. You know? They whined about everything throughout the Old Testament. The concept of holiness continues to describe God's people in the New Testament. And God's people described in the New Testament are Christians, those who, us, who have believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who believe that, that He died on the cross for us and was raised to life, that are following after Him, that are pursuing Him, that are pursuing holiness in our lives, are, are Christians. You see, the, the Christian life is a life set apart for God's purposes. Not just for certain times or certain rituals, but our entire life, the very core of who we are. He wants, our, he wants to change our hearts. He wants to change our hearts in order to reflect Jesus and to be used for His purposes day in and day out. 
in everything that we do. And so this is the sanctification of the, of the Christian life. See, God's not only concerned about where we are, but, but who we are and what we are. He's worried about, He's concerned about the condition of our heart. And He wants us to have a pure heart. Free from the sins that we hold on to. In explaining the Hebrew call to, to holiness, David Peterson said, the related challenge is to be holy, that is to in the pursuit of holiness. And listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. Says, God disciplines us for our good. God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. He corrects us so that we can be brought back into line so that we can share in His holiness. And so God makes it possible for us to share in His holiness, but we have to do our part. We have to be repentant. We have to be committed and dedicated and faithful in, in our service and obedient to the Lord because it says, apart from such holiness, no one sees the Lord. Apart from that pursuit of holiness, no one sees the Lord. We might think of our life as a, as a construction zone. I go through that construction zone over 85 every day, and I hate it. Everything was fine for me. I got on 18 or Frontage Road, you know, it, you know, it was no problem at all. But they began tearing it up and slowing people down and having to stop and wait on traffic and trucks running in front of you and slowing your traffic down. The weather has not been cooperative. You know, it's been rain delays and wrecks. All that causes difficulties. Think about when you're building a house. Carly and Brett are fixing to start building a house, and already they signed the, the documents on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and by Friday or Saturday it started raining already. <laughs> like, well, we can't even get started good. There are going to be other things. There, you know, the, the supply shortages. They're not going to be able to get things in the way they want to get things in. There are going to be labor issues. There are going to be things that turn out, oh, we can't do this, or we can't do that. And that's the way it is with our life. Our life goes under construction by the Holy Spirit. God works in and through our lives, and He disciplines us. He brings change. He brings those wrecks in our life. He brings those traffic jams. He causes things to slow down. He's, he causes supply shortages, okay? He causes bad weather, the storms in life to come our way because He wants to discipline us to make us who He wants us to be. Apart from such holiness, no one will see the Lord. The thing is, we've got to remember who to turn to in all of the, the storms of life, the wrecks that come our way. 
the, the traffic jams in life. And that is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we pursue God, as we pursue holiness, then we become closer to Him and we become more like Him. And at the same time, we're, we're, we're growing further away from ourselves, from sinfulness and, and selfishness and pridefulness. We're growing closer to Christ. And so what's it mean to, to pursue holiness? In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it's about renewing our minds. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. There are things in this world, there, you know, school teaches things that go against God's Word. Our workplace teaches things that go against God's Word. The world itself teaches things that goes against God's Word, doesn't it? But it says, do not be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Allowing the Holy Spirit to come and to work in our hearts, souls, and minds so that we can become more like Him. That, that true holiness shows the need for us to, 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 to yield to the work of God in our life, in, in our hearts, through the Holy Spirit. Allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and have His way in our life. So many times in our life we, we, we feel the tugging and the the desire to follow God, and then we squelch the Spirit. And we continue doing things our way. But we've got to be continually working hard at, at recognizing the sin in our life, confessing that sin, repenting of that sin, and turning to God and renewing our lives so that we move away from selfishness and more towards godliness. And when we do that, we're, we're, when we're seeking God and, and wanting to know Him and His desires for us, the purposes in our life will become clear. That takes reading God's Word and praying, spiritual disciplines, being a part of, of a Christian community. All that provides support and accountability hold us true to our faith, to our beliefs, to what God wants us to be and who God wants us to be. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, For God did not call us to be impure. God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Remember the earlier passage? Be holy in everything in all of our conduct. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but rejects who? Rejects God. God didn't call us to be impure, but to be pure to be holy, to live a holy life, to, to pursue holiness. It says when we reject that, we're not rejecting each other, we're rejecting God when we say, no, we don't want to do that. We're rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so why, why should we pursue holiness? 
I'll leave you with that question today to think about today and this week. Why should we pursue holiness in our life? Again, going back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Why? Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You see, as we pursue that holiness, I think I said earlier, as, as we pursue holiness, it's, it's a reflection of a changed heart. It's a reflection that we are, that, that God indeed has done a mighty work through the Holy Spirit in our life, that we are a new creation, that the old has gone, that the new is come, that the new is here, and God is changing our life. When we're pursuing holiness, it's, it's, it's a reflection that we're seeking God and, and after God's will in our life. And we can only have that changed heart and can only pursue holiness when we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. The one who lived a perfect life, who lived a life of perfect holiness, who was God Himself, who was born of a Virgin Mary, who came to this earth, to live as a man, to understand what we go through, to understand the difficulties of our life, the stresses and the worries and the concerns of our life. And he was so perfect, uh, our world didn't accept him and they rejected him and they, they nailed him to the cross and he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And God's word said if we believe that, after they put him in the in the tomb, and God raised him to life on the third day. Praise God for that. And God's Word said if we believe that, not in our head, but in our heart, and confess it with, with our mouth, we will be saved. But that true salvation is a change of heart, a change of life, a change of lifestyle. It's not walking now, walking through the water and saying, I'm a Christian, and going out and living your life the same as you always have. It's about a changed life. One is pursuing God. One is seeking the Holy Spirit. One who is seeking holiness in their life. Are we pursuing holiness in our life? Why should we? Because without holiness, no one sees the Lord. This morning as we sing our hymn of invitation, Breathe on Me, that might be your prayer this morning. That you would allow the, ask and allow the Holy Spirit to come and breathe on your heart, on your spirit. Reveal to you the, the sinful ways, the sinfulness, the, the, the areas in your life that are out of bounds to Christ. The areas in your heart that are out of bounds to, to, to His moving. And that you would allow Him to come and cleanse you. That you would allow Him to come and make known to you. And burden your heart so that you'll bring that to confession. But more than that, repentance. For the thing in your life. Only you know what that is and only you can respond to God in a way that pleases Him and makes it right. So as we sing that hymn, 
breathe on me. I pray that that would indeed be your prayer and that you would spend some time with the Lord this morning. Father God, we do thank you for your grace, for your love, for your mercy and forgiveness. We thank you that we have the, the opportunity to pursue holiness, that we can pursue you, that we can pursue righteousness and goodness and grace, that you will change our hearts from the old way to the new, new way. But God, your word tells us that we, we have, first have to seek that forgiveness from you. Your word tells us that you shed your blood on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. So Father, today, right now, whatever that is, on our hearts, Lord, we lift that up to you. Lord, may our hearts be broken. May we be on a new path to a oneness with you. as we pursue holiness in our lives. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord, and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on us today. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. 